2: cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com that's BlueNile.com it's only a kick
1: a jump a block it's only a serve
2: it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this Adidas We're on to Cincinnati as the Indianapolis Colts are set to take on the Cincinnati Bengals here in week 14. Can the Colts win their fifth straight against a Bengals team that just knocked off the Jaguars? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by FAAD Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer and analyst at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, uh, I think a lot of Colts fans were starting to think, you know, the the Bengals don't have Joe Burrow. Uh, this This might be a pretty easy victory for the Colts. But then the Bengals played Monday night against the Jaguars. Granted, uh, Trevor Lawrence did get hurt late in that game, but Jake Browning throws for 350 yards, and, and the Bengals looked like a formidable team. So this is, this is going to be a really close game, and if the Colts look past the Bengals or, or take them lightly, I don't think it's going to end well for the boys in blue.
1: Yeah, and they're playing at home, man, and they won that game at home, and those fans were absolutely in the in the crawl of of Jacksonville's, you know, mind, I believe. But they were staying competitive in that game, even with Trevor Lawrence in the game. So uh, credit, like, legitimately to, uh, um, oh goodness, I'm having a, a brain fart on the coach's name now
2: for Cincinnati. Yes, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. That's right
1: credits to Zach Taylor for taking for taking Browning and actually making him incredibly formidable and not even that the dude put up over 350 freaking passing yards on a pretty decent defense that often gets overlooked so uh, the Colts by no means are, are in for an easy victory here. They're going to have to fight to get this one.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's going to be a dogfight there in Cincinnati. Uh, and luckily the Colts have the momentum on their side. But again, just got to go in there, take care of business and execute. Like we know this Colts team can stats. Matt's in the house as always. What's up, gents? Hopefully Browning's game two looks like Levis. Yes, I I, I, I think hopefully uh, we don't get the Jake Browning that that we saw on on Monday night against the Jaguars uh but hey it, he just proved that that he he can win in this league so good to see you buddy uh nfl nerd is in the chat as well he say 91 94 end of the third i think he's talking about the pacer's bucks game listen now i'm not a pacer's fan Go Milwaukee Bucks. Go Heat. I'm a, a Miami Heat fan, so you're never going to yeah, see me Yeah, you brought cheer. it up to the wrong guy there. Yeah, going to ne- never see me cheer for the Indiana Pacers NFL nerd. But he also says, also hoping they don't take the Steelers lightly. No team I hate losing to more than the Steelers. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about Steelers week next week. It's going to be a big one. Philip Cox yeah. also in the chat finally made it to a live show. Hey, good to see you, Philip. We're glad you can join us live here on Thursday night. Always listen to y'all Well, we're, we're appreciate it, Philip. Hope you enjoy live. Get get in the chat and, and, and mix it up, especially with, with that dude stats, Matt, that goober. So uh, make sure you you mix it up with the people. And then Steve Stefanatos is here as well. What's up to you, brother? So we're going to dive into everything Colts-Bengals this weekend, uh, which has really turned into one of the must-see games uh, in terms of the playoff picture and, and everything that's involved there. So if you haven't done so, please go follow us on all of our socials, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live so you never miss us live and again we're trying to get to two thousand subscribers before the end of the regular season five weeks left and we're still about 120 130 subscribers away from 2000 so if you haven't done so already please subscribe go tell your your brother to subscribe your sister your mother your grandmother your mailman them. tell them all to subscribe to Horseshoe Huddle uh, on YouTube but if you can't catch us on YouTube Apple Spotify Google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you so Drake and I have a lot to talk about and you I know you don't want to hear uh, uh the intro all night, so let's dive right in. The Colts are one point favorites in Cincinnati this weekend. Vegas basically uh using it as a toss-up game. One point really doesn't mean anything, uh, especially with the Bengals performance last week against the Jags. I think Vegas probably doesn't know what to think uh about this Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals team. And and with the Colts coming on their on their four game win streak, um, it's it seems like that that they're still giving the the upper hand to the Colts but really what Vegas is telling us is anything is going to be able to happen in this game Drake and to expect anything to happen and anyone could come out with a victory
1: yeah and you know you're looking I'm I'm looking at this box score right here and while Tyler Boyd did his typical thing of like five catches for 35 40 yards T Higgins yeah he had three catches for 36 yards but man Jamar Chase with uh, with Jake Browning Put up 11 catches for 149 receiving yards, along of 76 yards on 12 targets. He only missed one, and he scored a touchdown. And then Joe Mixon had six catches out of the backfield. He had two touchdowns on the ground. I mean, boy, oh boy, they stepped up in this game. Nobody gave them a chance. I think Vegas had them at like plus 10 underdogs. Like or to not cover a ten point spread, so clearly no one had faith in them except themselves, and that's really all that you need in the NFL, especially when you're playing at home. And it's the first time that that this crowd hasn't seen Joe Burrow out there. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty huge, you know. And he goes out there and balls out like that. There's something to Jake Browning. I'm not saying superstar. I'm not even saying starter in the NFL, but maybe there's some kind of Taylor Heineke in there, man, and that's dangerous because last year that guy beat the Colts. So.
2: It definitely is. Stats Matt says the correction the Bengals are now one and a half point favorites. Made me look at DraftKings on DraftKings, which is usually what I go up, go with, uh, the official sponsor of the NFL or official partner of the NFL. Uh <laughs> The, the Colts are plus one. So, so it looks like the, the line has flipped since this afternoon going to the Bengals. So that's, that's interesting uh, because as far as Colts news, nothing really happened. Uh, so all of a sudden looks like the money is going on to uh, uh, the Bengals. So, so we'll, we'll get that fixed here, but, but, Drake, but Drake, let's talk about our, our first topic tonight. And that is Jake Browning, you know? having that huge game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jaguars' defense is no slouch. So he's definitely got some momentum. Uh, So does this Bengals' offense. What are the Colts going to have to do in order to really cool off Jake Browning?
1: Well, you know, it's really interesting because Cincinnati's offensive line hasn't been, like, stellar, you know, and they protected him well. I mean, Josh Allen did his typical thing. He's having a freakish year. Uh, I think he, he, I think he sacked Browning only once, but he only got sacked twice on the day. He got that ball out of the pocket quickly. Uh, Zach Taylor had great plays designed for him, where he's he, he was able to get into a rhythm. That's the whole key is to get a guy like that confident, get him some passes completed get plays they had, they had obviously, okay. uh, Jamar chase is going to be the guy to go to even with Burrow in there. That's the guy to go to T Higgins is not a wide receiver one. He needs chase to compliment him to really make an impact. So the whole defense knows chase is getting the ball and he just still got the ball. That's the problem. Screen passes, little dump offs, whatever you can do to get him the ball, do it because he could break one like he did so I I I think that he showed a lot of poise I think that he showed that the moment's not too big for him clearly now the question is can he deal with pressure because the Colts are a better uh team at pressuring the quarterback um I think even maybe even in spades than the than the Jaguars are
2: I think this is the key this is probably might even be the biggest key to the game Colts pass rush you know, that's how they're going to get to Jake Browning. I watched that game Monday night. The The Jacksonville Jaguars, yes, they have Josh Allen, who is in the top five in the league in sacks this year. I think he's got 13, 12, 13, 14, somewhere around there. But as far as a, as a unit, they did not really get too much pressure on, on Jake Browning. Jake Browning had plenty of time to throw. He did a really good job stepping up in the pocket and delivering to those receivers down the field but this is a different this is a different unit for the colts over the past 3 games the indianapolis colts have i think it's like 15 or 16 sacks over the past 3 games they've just completely gone to a new level samson uh, abukam with with four sacks in the, in the past 2 games alone pay four and a half sacks in the last four games. Uh, then you add Dio Dangbo into the mix. You add DeForest Buckner. Those guys are going to be coming after Jake Browning. And this offensive line for, for the Cincinnati Bengals, not a very good unit. You know, they've they've been hurt all all season. They haven't performed well. I think this is a big opportunity for this Colts pass rush to really continue how how they've been playing, kind of keep up that momentum, and get after the quarterback. Remember, last week against Will Levis and and the Tennessee Titans, six sacks by this Indianapolis Colts team. You know, it would not surprise me to have another effort of four, five, six sacks from this Colts unit.
1: Yeah, and look, okay, um, I'm right there with you. I think that if you get pressure on a guy like Browning, it's he's had such a small sample size, it's hard to really say what his strengths and weaknesses are. But one that is just a quarterback weakness universally is pressure, especially right up the middle. We talk about it all the time. And if you have a guy that wants to stay in the pocket and he wants to wait for that throw that's really bad. Now, I don't think Browning is the same guy as Levis. I really don't. I think he's the dude that's going to take what you give him. So I think that you have to get the pressure from the edge. You have to get the pressure from the middle. You have to get it everywhere. The pocket needs to collapse. Okay, So that's really the way that you're going to get a death by a thousand paper cut type of quarterback like this. Um, But again, it might all come down i i know that that has been on it on a torrid streak and i know that quitty pays really had a resurgent past couple games but i'm going right back to the buckner i think that that him and grover stewart man those two especially getting grover back where you talk about internal pressure especially run stuffing it's gonna if you put the game on on browning's arms and you put or, uh, you put the game on his arm and on his shoulders i think that's where you could have some good things happen because the bengals did have a ground game going in in the game against the jaguars
2: Exactly. And and I'm glad you brought up Grover Stewart. The big man is back. He finished up his six game suspension. Grover Stewart will be back in the middle of the lineup for the Indianapolis Colts. But you're right, Drake. I mean, you, you talk about it that that Willie really, really what allowed Jake Browning to to not have as much pressure on him was the fact that the Colts had a really good running game, you know. Uh, you're 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 looking at or, uh, Cincinnati had I have um, got the box score right up here. 31 carries for 156 yards, five yards per carry for this Cincinnati uh, uh, offense against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they took the pressure off of off of Jake Browning, and he didn't have to uh, uh put the team on his back. Yeah, he played exceptionally well, but it wasn't just Browning and and the and the the the, the Bengals passing game alone. They really relied on that running game with Grover Stewart back. The the Colts are a completely different team against the run without Grover Stewart. I think they have allowed close to 150, 160 yards per game on the ground, which is, which is really pretty bad. When when you look at, at what, what, what is uh, uh, normal for for NFL teams. But with Grover Stewart in there, it goes down to probably close to about 110 yards. So it's a huge difference having Grover Stewart in the middle of that lineup to be able to help out uh, against the run. That's what I think the Colts are going to have to do. If they stop the run and try to put all the pressure on Browning, I think you're going to get a, a, a much different quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Yeah, and the name that gets forgotten about with the Bengals is Chase Brown. That's the complimentary back to Joe Mixon. Mixon had the 19 carries for 68 yards and two touchdowns. Really not an incredibly crazy amount of yards per carry, but it was really Chase Brown's nine carries for 61 yards. Just absolutely blows that uh, box score up and that average for the team's rushing attack. So I think that they – they're not going to lean entirely on it because they just know, hey, this offensive line's not built for a ground heavy approach. They also know that, hey, we got the, the playmakers on this team. It's no offense to Joe Mixon, but the playmakers are Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Those are the playmakers for the team. So they got to get them the ball. So I don't think I think that if you really take away the passing game and maybe make Cincinnati try to go to a run heavy approach, boy, I think that really plays in Indianapolis's favor, especially getting Grover Stewart back.
2: The CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick Rye, with our first super chat of the evening. Thanks a lot, buddy. It's good to see Patrick back in here and and chatting it up with his legendary and and sometimes ruthless chats, uh, I might put, but the legend is back. Uh, Patrick says Grover could be playing with a chip on his shoulder, too, to prove he can still kick ass while fully clean. Big game coming. So, hey, is is Patrick foreshadowing Grover Stewart as his X-Factor? Oh. In the game, we'll, we'll have to see, but Patrick, Very I nice. agree. I, I think you're going to get a you're going to get uh, more than anything a, bro, uh, a fresh Grover Stewart. He hasn't played football in in six weeks, seven weeks if you include the bye. but he's been staying in shape. That they the Shane Steichen was asked this week. Would there be any rust, or would Grover Stewart be on a pitch count? He said, "No. Grover's a professional. He's been in the building the last three weeks. He's been staying in shape. He's been staying ready. So I don't, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any rust with Grover Stewart. I do think he's going to have a massive impact. You are going to see a defense that is much better against the run. That's going to cause a hell of a lot more issues uh, uh, for for the, the the running offense with Joe Mixon and 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 the rest of the crew there in Cincinnati." And and I think you can get the, the Bengals in some of those third and long situations as well. If they're not able to get that running game going, and, and say so you're able to force a, an incompletion on second down, or or you're able to, to force a short completion on second down. You get into those third and seven, third and eight obvious passing situations, then you let those boys go on the edge. You let Quitty pay Samson Abukam, DeForest Buckner, Dio Dangbo. You let that those four go after Browning, you know, and, and you trust that this young secondary is going to be. Able able to hold up just long enough so that it forces Browning into a bad throw or or they can make a play on the ball so thank you so much for your uh for your support Patrick and and your comment I think that is going to be crucial uh to the success is is Grover Stewart Drake and and I really think there's there's going to be a noticeable difference just to the the fan watching on TV seeing Grover Stewart's presence in there and how how much better this Colts team is going to be against the run
1: yeah, I, I think that outside of maybe the really dedicated Colts fan base or just really a, a diehard NFL nerd, people don't really understand just how dynamic these two together are in every facet of a defensive game plan. I mean, they bring past pass pressure they bring pressure to your running game and they make you have to go to the outside maybe that's not your strength even if you can do it now the defense knows that's where you have to go because you're dealing with Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner so yeah I think you're going to see a noticeable difference no offense to Taven Bryan he held the fort down pretty well from a pass rushing perspective but he's just not really much in the run defense category so
2: I agree but the no matter how much they they do to stop the run you already said it earlier, Drake. That those top options on the outside, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, what an incredible uh, uh, wide receiver combination that the that the Bengals have. And just because Joe Burrow isn't there uh, and is out for the season with that wrist injury, those two are still dynamic weapons. That Jake Browning, like you said when when mentioning uh, uh, Jamar Chase's stats last week, they, they could still take advantage. And that seventy-six yard uh, combination, touchdown that Jamar Chase had, I mean, can completely change the game. So it's really going to be a battle between Jamar Chase and and T Higgins against these young defensive backs for the Indianapolis Colts. Jalen Jones likely will be in there. And then with Juju Brents practicing this week, we'll see if the Colts keep, if he's able to go, are the Colts going to keep him on on a pitch count or or is it going to take a little bit for him to get going? Regardless, Daryl Baker Jr. has been playing pretty well the past few weeks, especially after the bye. I think Daryl Baker Jr. has been fantastic. What do you think about these young cornerbacks and just this young secondary in general going up against Chase and Higgins? You
1: know, I'm not as intimidated by Higgins as I am Chase. Now, that's obviously, you know, I mean, a lot of people would feel the same way. But the thing is, I think that T. Higgins is way more dangerous when Joe Burrow is throwing him the football. I think that Joe Burrow really opens up T. Higgins' game. And I don't think you've seen a lot of T. Higgins without Joe Burrow. So, I think that the real guy to watch out for is Jamar Chase, though, because any one of these defensive backs that's on him, they're mismatched. It doesn't matter who you put on him. Even Kenny Moore is probably mismatched to a degree. So um, it's really going to be up to I'm looking at Daryl Baker, Jr. and Jalen Jones. First off, I think if Juju Brentz does suit up, it's going to be obviously to a limited capacity. Um but I'm looking at Jones and Baker because everybody's going to be talking about Brent's and they're going to be talking about Kenny Moore on, on Jamar chase. But what about these two? What about the second year guy and the rookie who have started to really shine in their roles? And I think that Jalen Jones, I got to write a, a piece talking about him a little bit, man, he is starting to look like a legitimate starting cornerback. I mean, he was just draped all over Deandre Hopkins in the last game and he had three less catches than he did in the first meeting. So, I mean, that's the matchup I'm looking for. And if he can get physical with Jamar Chase, I think that's the best way to stop him is just don't let him get a step on you.
2: And and to that point, we have another super chat from Patrick that's that's really geared toward uh, this young cornerback this young debate. Thank you so much, Patrick, for all of your support, buddy. You're an absolute legend. Patrick asks, what are the chances Juju is back this week? If there's any game we need him for, it's one with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Drake, I'm going to let you go first here. Just gut feeling, and we we know we know that Juju Brents did not practice on Wednesday. Practice in a limited capacity today. Do you think Juju Brents returns this week against Cincinnati Bengals, or or do you think it's going to take a little bit before we see him back on the field?
1: Man, I think that dealing with a backup quarterback, even though he teed off, and the fact that they've played pretty well without him, I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to make sure that he's healthy. I think they're going to take this week to sit him, and then they're they're going to bring him back again. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, especially if they win this game, I think that they're going to be like, "All right, we need Juju back," but I don't think you'll see him this week.
2: Yeah, so I said on Monday that that I really the the feeling in the uh, in the building was that Juju Brents would return to practice this week, and and he has. I mean, he obviously was a limited participant today. Right now, I think the Colts are just in wait and see mode. You know, I, I think they they want to make sure they don't want to rush him back too soon because obviously this quad injury has gone on long enough mm-hmm. that that they don't want to try to push him back too soon he has setback and then it keeps him out multiple weeks past this point you know so i think they're going to take it easy with juju brents obviously daryl baker jr and jalen jones have been playing at a at a, at a, at a very Playing pretty well, you know. I wouldn't say they're they're playing outstanding. I would say uh-huh. Jalen Jones has certainly played probably better than than Daryl Baker Jr. But I don't think the Colts are in any rush to 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 push Juju Brents back onto the field. So I, I think they're going to be smart with this. Uh, they're going to test out and see how he's feeling. Definitely, probably start him on a pitch count at first before he's full go and goes out there and plays 60, 70 snaps on defense. So. If he does return this week, it's got to be a pitch count. I don't think Juju Brents is going to be out there as the full-time starter, but I'm almost leaning towards that he's not going to be available. Uh, I just think that the Colts want to take this slow with Juju Brents, don't want to force anything, and, and end up paying for it where he ends up having to miss the rest of the season because of a setback. But Patrick, great question, buddy. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, really means the world to Drake and I, and and it's 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 a, a, a very good question to ask, especially with this opponent coming up. So so Drake, let's move to the offensive side of the ball here and talk about the guy that has become an absolute roller coaster uh, over these past over this this past really since he took over in week five, and that's Gardner Minshew. So the question that I ask you every single week: Which Minshew are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that that is able to distribute the ball and, and, and take care of it? Or are we going to get the the Minshew that is all over the place, you know, and then and, and turns the ball over? Or are we just going to get the Minshew like we talked about, that this is what Minshew is? It's just going to be a roller coaster the rest of the season. What do you think, bud? You know,
1: I want to I lean towards the the really easy answer, which is just he you, you don't know what the hell you're going to get. Um, but I, I want to be confident here. The Bengals are 27th in uh, passing yards allowed per game. Uh, They're also 20 – okay, they're 28th in rushing yards allowed per game. This is not a good defense. They're they're not good. Okay, so I think that if you can get the ground game going, which they did not get going last week, I think that you're going to really open up Gardner Minshew. I think that that's just when he's at his best is when he gets to – have a balanced approach when you don't put too much on the shoulders. By the way, everyone, just like every other backup quarterback, if you don't put too much on their shoulders, they if they're serviceable, they could get you to a win or two, or with a guy like Shane Steichen, four in a row. So I, I think that there's a really good chance, let's be confident here, that Gardner Minshew could make some things happen because, like I said, the Bengals are just not really good defensively anywhere.
2: Yeah, they're not they're not great against the pass. Not really good against the run. So you, I think Shane Steichen's going to be able to attack this this defense from multiple angles. You know, uh, Zach Moss didn't get off to to didn't have much success against the Tennessee Titans. That could possibly change. We'll talk about Moss in a little bit. But yeah, it's that's pretty much the uh, uh, just same story, different week. You know, you have to make sure you're not putting too much on Gardner Minshew on Gardner Minshew's plate. You can't ask him to be the hero and, and play that hero ball and put everything on his shoulders. It's just not. Not the kind of quarterback he is. You want to lean on your playmakers, lean on Zach Moss, lean on Michael Pittman Jr. like you've been doing for for weeks at this point. Maybe take some shots to Alec Pierce if if they're available. You know, Josh Downs is back there, and Josh Downs is another week healthy. There doesn't seem to be any restrictions back on on Josh Downs, so you could possibly see him getting more involved if if the if the the Cincinnati Bengals really try to focus on on eliminating Pittman out of the picture. So. So there's, there's different ways you can go about this. I'm sure Shane Steichen has some things up his sleeve that will help Gardner Minshew, but again, it's just communicating to Minshew that you don't have to do anything, or I'm sorry, you don't have to do everything. He definitely has to do something, but you don't have to do everything. You have the playmakers around you. Just get the ball to your playmakers like he did last week. He got the on that final drive against the Titans. He got the ball to Alec Pierce. He got the ball to Michael Pittman Jr., Let your playmakers do the work for you. Just be a distributor of the football. I think that's all that Gardner Minshew needs to do.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, Josh Downs had three catches. Kylan Granson had three catches for 72 yards. Alec Pierce had three catches. Pittman, of course, had 11, but... You, you can see that Minshew can get the ball and distribute it nice and even. So I think that you're going to be looking for those four names I just said. Those are going to be the guys to look for. And, hey, maybe even Kylan Granson gets himself a touchdown because I do think that now that him and Minshew have had a chance to kind of get some plays on the field going, I think that you might see some plays in this game as well.
0: and
2: you also have to remember that that the the Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator is 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 very well regarded around the league you know and i'm sh- i'm sure that that not only not only the Bengals but a lot of people around the league have have really noticed what this Colts offense is about recently and that's getting the ball to Michael Pittman Jr. You know, 21 catches over the past two games, uh, uh the, the, he's really become the focal point of this offense. So are uh, the, so I, I certainly think that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to try to stop Michael Pittman jr. Thing is, their best cornerback, uh, I think his name is Cam Taylor Britt. Stats, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. I just had a, like a brain fart there. But I think it's Cam Taylor Britt was placed on injured reserve, their best cornerback, the guy that would most likely be guarding Michael Pittman Jr. on on many of these plays. So Drake, how do we feel about MPJ this weekend? Are we going to see a number, another dominant performance out of number 11? Or do you think the Bengals are going to be able to take him away? And, and Minshew is going to have to look at other places. I mean, the, the the Buccaneers
1: had a bottom-tier pass defense. Tennessee, they're kind of like in the middle of the road. This is another bottom-tier pass defense. This is a guy in his last five games has 45 catches. Okay, that's nine catches per game. Until he has a drop-off, yes, I think he's going to dominate again. I think that, especially given these matchups, man, he's just feasting on them. He's proving, yeah, okay, you're playing lesser competition, but he's taking full advantage of it when everyone in the building, especially in the defensive room of whoever the hell they're playing, knows 100% that most of those targets are going to Michael Pittman Jr. Guess what? He still catches most of the balls thrown his way. So, until proven otherwise... You got to give MPJ his respect. I think that he's going to dominate again.
2: I I, I think that I think that's probably accurate. You know, I, I'm looking at Michael Pittman Jr. and I'm thinking, you know, this this guy, he's a you know, and and yeah. it's going to be tough to to stop him right now, especially when Shane Steichen is, is I think, doing a masterful job of putting Michael Pittman Jr. in places that he can succeed, especially with those, those short to intermediate routes, the, the things that Michael Pittman does exceptionally well. Shane Steichen is taking advantage of that, and he's making it a point to feed Michael Pittman Jr. Jr. early and often. Pittman even said after the game last week, I mean, he had 16 targets. 16 targets is a lot of targets for a wide receiver and and he said you know I love when they're feeding me the ball early and often it allows me to get into the flow of the game and and then he gets to this point where he says you know if something doesn't go right or or we mess up on a play I don't have to worry about when my next pass is going to come to me you know we can get right back to it and and it keeps things flowing so I think that's that's something that that we've that the Colts have really unlocked with Michael Pittman Jr. is being able to get him that ball early and often. And as I've said for what feels like years now, when you get the ball into Michael Pittman Jr.'s hands, good things tend to happen and and it sure, certainly has been that way through this through this four game winning streak with the for the Colts with Michael Pittman Jr. Being the lead playmaker, you know, and 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 yes, the the Bengals do do have a really good slot cornerback. Yeah. But I I think I think that Michael Pittman Jr. is gonna be able to be moved around, stay on the outside a lot, and and Steichen's gonna be able to get him the ball. I'd like to see him get the ball a little bit more in space because I love to see Michael Pittman Jr. running downhill. I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup for, for Pittman, and, and he's probably going to get another eight, nine catches. We'll see if he can break that 100-yard mark once again. Shout out to Truett for a super sticker tonight. Hey. Really appreciate it, Truett. You're an absolute legend, buddy, uh, and, and thanks again for, for joining us this evening. Now, outside of Michael Pittman Jr., let's look at the running game, Drake, uh, to to give Gardner Minshew some support. No Jonathan Taylor again this week. It's going to be Zach Moss. Talked about it. Zach Moss last week had 19 carries for, for around 50-some yards, uh, and it just wasn't, wasn't the performance that we had expected out of, out of Zach Moss. We said the Titans were going to focus on shutting him down, and they certainly did that. What about this week against the Cincinnati Bengals? Drake, what do you see the, the Colts' running game looking like? And, and in particular, do you see Zach Moss bouncing back?
1: You know, I think that even if Braden Smith doesn't start, I I just I still think that there's going to be bounce back in this one. I mean, the guy averaged about two point seven yards of carry. He had a long of five yards. That means there was just constant running into walls, really close to the line of scrimmage for Zach Moss. He had a rough day. You know, the whole offense on the ground really did. So I think this is a great chance to bounce back again. I think it, I I. Uh, lost it here but i think it was 28th in the nfl and rushing yards allowed I and mean, we're mm-hmm. talking about an exploitable defense in every facet now that does not mean they can be looked overlooked i mean trey hendrickson is a fantastic football player he's good against the ground he's good against pass and he can pretty much do everything and he gets overlooked um but man if you can handle him and you can really account for hilton i think that this is a game where both ends of this game plan can really flourish
2: I do too. I mean, just there's a great opportunity here for for this Indianapolis Colts offense to put together one of their best performances of the entire season exactly uh, I don't think that that both both units but whether it's against the pass or against the run the Bengals have just really struggled this year they do have playmakers you know they have uh like you mentioned Trey Hendrickson is a fantastic pass rusher Bernard Ryman's gonna have his hands full I think he's more than capable of handling it uh Blake whether it's Blake Freeland out there Braden Smith could be could be a, a detriment but again Blake Freeland has been serviceable over these past few weeks but you'd certainly like to have have Braden Smith out there. Yeah. Regardless, Zach Moss, I think will have bet- better success against this Bengals front uh, uh, than he did against the Titans front because I don't think that and I could be wrong, but it just doesn't seem like the Bengals are, are strong enough uh, against the pass. To really focus all of their attention on this Colts running game. You know, you you can't just if you do that, I think the Colts are really gonna pick you apart with Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Josh Downs. Uh, I don't I, I think that they're gonna have to. Make sure that they're covering the pass as well, so that could open up some lanes for Zach Moss when you're not dealing with eight, nine men in the box trying to stop the run on every play. So it'll be interesting to see what Shane Steichen does and how he attacks this. This Bengals defense certainly wants to keep them on on their toes, and and I'm and as Shane Steichen said, every game, every week, the game plan is different depending on the opponent. So I think we're going to know early what uh, what the focus of this Colt's offense is going to be and and where they think the weakness of this uh, Cincinnati Bengals defense is, and that's where Shane Steichen is going to attack early and often. Who is your X factor, Drake? I think there there can be multiple different areas you could go, oh, yeah. with, whether it's it's on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball uh i I, for me i for me it was easy but i can definitely see where where you can have multiple different guys so who is your x factor this weekend
1: so for me it's it's zach moss and it's because i i just think that i think this is a game where you're going to see 25 carries 22 23 carries i think you're going to see a lot of zach moss and he might even stuck and might even try to throw off Cincinnati and start with passing to open up Moss because he's the guy you really need to take away to unlock Minshew. I mean, or to uh, unlock, you know, pressure on Minshew because if they get the ground game going, he's a lot harder to stop than if he's got to throw nearly every down. So I think that they're going to put a heavy emphasis on getting him the ball, getting him uh, as many carries as possible, you know, within reason. But don't be surprised if he has 20 plus carries and 80 plus rushing yards because, again, this is an exploitable defense, even with guys like DJ Reader in
2: And honestly, that's not a bad idea because you think about it, the the Bengals are on a short week uh, Uh coming off of a big win, a big emotional win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, a a game that went down to the wire. So they they might be a little bit tired, might be a little bit banged up. So if the Colts can come out and punch the Bengals right in the mouth, be a much more physical team up front, it, it might just. It might just take away uh, uh, any will that they have to, to really get things going here. Let's look at the chat and, and see what uh, uh, the X-Factors are. So if you have your X-Factor, throw it in the chat. We'll put it up here on the screen. Stats, Matt, saying whoever is defending Jamar Chase can't let him win early enough in the routes uh, for the defensive line to not have an impact. That and that's 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 important. Uh, okay. well, it'll be interesting to see if Gus Bradley employs an aggressive style of defense to to really disrupt the timing of the routes with Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd there in the slot. Uh, I think that's that's a really good pick uh, of of who could potentially be uh, uh, the X factor in this game. But for me, I'm going with one of the guys that that can get pressure on the quarterback. I'm going Quitty Pay. You know, I, I think Quitty Pay as these last 4 games has really broken out. Samson Abuk uh, Abukam, I almost said Abukam. Samson Abukam has had four sacks the last two games, but it's been Quitty Pay, the consistent threat. Four and a half sacks over the past four games. Two forced fumbles last week against the Tennessee Titans. I'm going Quitty Pay. You know, I could see another two sack performance out of him. Really, the Colts just need to get after Jake Browning. Force him to be uncomfortable in that pocket. Because Browning still a young quarterback, you know only two NFL, his two starts in his career. He's bound to make mistakes if you really attack him and and put him under pressure. So yes, Grover Stewart is back. I think he's going to be huge against the run. But I'm going Quitty Pay. I think this Colts pass rush needs to dominate on Sunday and and really stifle the the passing threat that this Cincinnati Bengals offense uh, imposes. So. Colts Bengals one o'clock Eastern in Cincinnati, gonna be a, a dog fight uh, I think between these two games. Obviously Vegas thinks it's a toss up. Earlier today they had the Colts favored by a point. Now on DraftKings the Colts are are uh, underdogs by a point. How's it gonna end up, Drake? Colts Bengals, who you got?
1: So I've got mine. Might sound a little bit ridiculous, but I have a good reason. Uh, I think that it's gonna be thirty four to twenty one Colts. Okay. And the reason I think that the Colts are going to put so many points on them is because I think that Jake Browning is going to come down to earth in this game. I think that you are going to get pressure on him. I think that the the opportunity to really force that ground game to just get snuffed early on and force Browning to be pretty much the main guy to get the ball and the offense moving, uh, I think that's going to add up. And I think that Mixed with all that, I do believe that this is one of the more exploitable defenses top to bottom. Even with Trey Hendrickson, I think he's got like 11, 12 sacks. Um, They've still not performed well, regardless of his torrid season. So I think this is a really good opportunity for both ends of the football to really flourish. But, man, look for that defensive pass rush because I think that they're going to get to Browning
2: i i think that's that's a good prediction there i'm not gonna go as as big of a uh discrepancy there uh i'm gonna uh, before i before i say let's let's get some predictions from the chat here stats matt goes 31 to 20 colts a little bit closer to what you had drake cmdsr says i like our big dogs in this one 28 to 13 colts wyatt law 23-20 23-20 Colts, our D-line makes Browning's day miserable and help force multiple turnovers. Love so that. Patrick says 38-24 to Colts, so uh, thinks it's going to be a high-scoring matchup. I'm going to go Colts 28 uh, – I'm sorry, Colts 27 – Bengals, 20. You know, I think it's going to come down to a touchdown. Uh, Browning's going to have a chance late to, to see if he can tie up the game, and it's going to be a defensive stand. It's either going to be a, a turnover forced, uh, maybe an interception by County Moore, or the Colts are going to be able to sack him on fourth down uh, in order to secure the victory. But I'm going with the Colts, 27. Bengals 20 and the Colts end up with their fifth straight win uh, as they continue in this playoff hunt. So, Drake, let's look at the injury report for the Indianapolis Colts to see who might might be uh, suiting up and who might not be suiting up for the Colts uh, this weekend. A little bit bigger list here on Thursday, uh, but some encouraging signs as well. We already talked about it. Juju Brents was a limited participant today in practice, did not participate in the walkthrough on Wednesday, but it is a really good sign to at least finally get Juju Brents back in practice.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he's made – in his limited time, he's actually been pretty impactful, you know, when he's seen the field. So uh, you're really excited to see that. Again, everybody seems to be coming back. Some really key pieces are starting to make their way back to the roster at the perfect time for Indianapolis.
2: I agree. Guys that have not practiced this week include tackle Braden Smith, linebacker EJ Speed, and running back Jonathan Taylor. Don't expect Taylor back for another few weeks, but, yep. hey, you, you want you, – I think Braden Smith is huge because when Braden Smith is in there – top 10 tackle in the NFL, but also EJ Speed, you know, there's no more Shaq Leonard with this Colts team. So the, the depth at, at linebacker definitely took a hit there. So if EJ Speed ends up missing this game, you're looking at Grant Stewart, who's who's Patrick's favorite player, or you're looking at uh, Saguna Luby that could step in there. It, it'd be it definitely be a, a, a slight drop off uh, uh, if EJ Speed isn't out there with the linebackers.
1: Yeah. And just as we said that they're getting the right people back at the right time, you know, a guy who is a maybe even still now, I feel like a little bit overlooked for the Colts. This guy is phenomenal in run defense. And you just don't get that with Grant Stewart. No offense, Patrick. And you also don't get it with Saguna Luby, who's more of like just an absolute bone crushing hit type of type of linebacker. So um, you're hoping that EJ Speed can turn it around. But right now it's not really looking that good.
2: Yeah. And I forgot, I forgot about Ronnie Harrison, Wyatt Locke. Thank you. Um uh, oh, Ronnie right. Harrison yeah. coming out party. Ronnie Harrison could be in there as well. Some other guys that were, have been limited this week include DeForest Buckner with a shoulder, not a concern there. Tyquan Lewis with an ankle injury. I don't see that uh, too concerning either as far as, and then Amir Speed who is also limited today, uh, uh with a hip injury. But other than that, Colts pretty healthy. Again, you definitely want to monitor Braden Smith and EJ Speed. Those are the big ones to watch, as well as Juju Brent. Still not sure if he'll be back this week since he's been out for over a month. Colts will probably take it slow. Uh, but Braden Smith and EJ Speed are a couple of big ones that that I think need to be monitored over the coming days day. So, so Drake, let's talk about the latest Colts news and rumors to come out of West 56th street. And our first one today is, is really well-deserved as a Franklin was named the Colts nominee for the Walter Payton man of the year award. uh, One of the, if not the most prestigious award uh, in the NFL, uh, according to the players, because not only does it recognize excellence on the field, it recognizes excellence off the field and in the community. And, and Drake, I think we're we're both on the same page here that the Colts couldn't have picked a better man for this award for their nominee than Zaire Franklin.
1: Yeah, and he's had such an incredible past few seasons that everybody kind of overlooks, which is, it, it's understandable overlooks what he's doing in the community, but not just Indianapolis as he's he's helping here. He helped Philadelphia's as well, uh, where he's from, and uh, I think he's got a foundation named after his late mother, uh, Shalice. I think it's Shalice's Angels. Mm-hmm. Uh yes, Salishas Angels, um, which is an incredible foundation. I, I very much suggest go checking out the website. But yeah, man, Zaire Franklin, um, he's had a hell of a rise as an NFL player, but just continues to be um, an incredible presence in the community. And man, the Colts are a very they're very fortunate to have a guy like that that was able to carry that kindness from the Northeast. Right there to the
2: Midwest, 100%. Definitely go check out Drake's piece on HorseshoeHuddle.com. Drake wrote up an article about Zaire Franklin and and why the Colts nominated him to be the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Uh, great piece and, and really dives into what uh, what Zaire Franklin is doing in the community. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, on some not so great news for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, they got Grover Stewart back uh, from his suspension. And another Colt goes on to the suspension list as uh, Alkwadeen Maham, Mahama, defensive end for the Indianapolis Colts, was suspended by the NFL for six games for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. Uh, and, and since the Colts only have five games left in the regular season, if the Colts do not make the postseason, that suspension would carry over to week one of the 2024 season. Al-Qadim Muhammad, a practice squad player for the Indianapolis Colts, but still not, not something you want to hear. Another suspension be uh, coming down from the league uh, for one of the Colts players.
1: Yeah. And a couple of years ago, he actually had a pretty, a pretty solid season from a depth perspective. But um, yeah, you don't want that to happen, especially when you're in the midst of trying to make the playoffs. And hey, he is still an athletic enough pass rusher that he could give the offense great looks in practice. So uh, whether or not that has an impact, you'll remain to see it, but um, it, it still sucks to see uh, even a practice squad player from, from your team you know, end up on the six-game suspension list.
2: Absolutely. And then to replace al khadim Muhammad on the practice squad, the Colts signed defensive end Derek Rivers to the practice squad, a 2017 uh, draft pick uh, who – Back then, I remember a lot of Colts fans were, were wanting to 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 possibly take Derek Rivers in that draft. It didn't happen, but now he ends up in Indy.
1: Yeah, and I I think this might be a sign that Al-Kadeen Muhammad, I, I, isn't he on a one-year deal?
2: Yes, yes. He's only in the Indy for, for this season. I don't think you're going to see him come back uh, after the suspension is over.
1: I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying if Derek Rivers is going to take his spot and definitely on the practice squad, but I just don't see Al-Kadeem Muhammad return. And you know what? If Derek Rivers plays well enough, especially giving the offense looks in the midst of like I said, a playoff run, maybe he finds a spot on the practice squad and at some point could get onto the active roster.
2: Absolutely. He has to make the most of his opportunity. So we'll, we'll see what happens with rivers here in Indianapolis. So kind of switching gears, we went from good news to not so good news back to good news. And this is well-deserved as well. Uh, The Colts chief personnel executive Morocco Brown will participate in the NFL's front office and general manager accelerator program during the league meetings next week. And the program is really meant to promote diverse executive hiring around the league. Morocco Brown has been a rock star with the Indianapolis Colts over the past few years. He's already gotten general manager interviews with a few other teams. Drake, it's only a matter of time before Morocco Brown moves on and is ends up being a general manager in the NFL. And I would bet he's going to be a, a pretty damn fine one at that.
1: Yeah, he's like you said, Rockstar's a wonderful way to uh describe Morocco Bound. And actually, he was one of the biggest like evaluators for Anthony Richardson, you know, mm-hmm. and uh when they were really, you know, giving him the closest looks. And I think at one point he was the director of scouting for the team. So you've just seen this guy's star rise. And unfortunately, both fortunately and unfortunately, when you see in the NFL someone's star rise that quickly, eventually they're probably not going to be on your team.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was he was the one that was on Anthony Richardson early uh yep. in that passed in in the draft cycle last year uh he also came up with the nickname hurricane dio uh so if you want to to know that <laughs> where that came from but yeah i think morocco brown's gonna be a hell of a gm uh, someday and remember if morocco brown does go on to be a general manager in the nfl the colts get a third round pick because uh in that new that new rule that if a uh a minority is hired as a general manager or a head coach the team that he comes from uh receives a third round pick to to kind of help promote that as well so uh, maybe that's that's Morocco's party gift to the Indianapolis Colts is an extra third round pick for Chris Ballard to use but that's our show for this evening guys really appreciate everybody tuning in want to give a special shout out to our super chats this evening Patrick and Truitt loyal listeners absolute legends thank you so much for your super chats and thanks to everybody else that joined us in the chat tonight to talk Colts football going up against the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend it's going to be a really tough matchup between the two teams and but hey as drake and i said we're both on the colts we think they get their fifth straight win to move to eight and five we'll see if for a right but if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live, whenever Shad's live with the Saddle Up show, so you never miss an episode. And as CMDSR says, hit that thumbs up on the way out, y'all. Love, hit that thumbs up on the video. Shout out to NFL Nerd for his his super chat here as we close out. Thanks, gents. Well, thank you, good sir, for your super chat always appreciated when you're joining us here live on YouTube. And if you can't catch us live on YouTube, guys, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. Drake and I have been riding away on HorseshoeHuddle.com to continue to provide you guys' content. So Drake, tell the people what they need to go check out.
1: So I, I, like Andrew said earlier, I wrote about Zaire Franklin's nomination for Walter Payton man of the year award. I also wrote about Jeff Saturday on Pat McAfee, which I highly suggest everyone go watch that interview. Definitely pure gold. Um, And then the four Colts who are defying expectations, which highlights four starters currently on the Colts roster that were all seventh rounders and drafted within the last five years.
2: Yes. That one came out today. It was a, it's a fantastic piece. So make sure you go check that out for me. Focusing on Samson Abukam and Quiddy Pay, which the duo is quietly becoming one of the best pass rushing tandems in the NFL. So that's going to come out tomorrow morning. You're not going to want to miss that one. So make sure you check that out and all the rest of the fantastic work by our writers at horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at D Walster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back. Monday night to break everything down from Cincinnati between the Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll see if we're here for a fifth straight victory Monday. So we hope you join us then Colts fans, but enjoy your weekend, enjoy the game, and we'll see you Monday night.